Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. I still don't think bent out break is a sound strategy long term, especially if you're potentially, which we will talk about, the playoff picture and being a playoff team when you're going up against 49ers style offenses and, you know, teams that can put up points like rain, you know, I... But it was enough for this Chiefs offense. And I don't think that I just don't think that that's going to be good enough against the teams that they'll be seeing in the playoffs. At some point, you have to just not bend either. My biggest issue, I would say, is that because I agree with you, right? If this team has aspirations past this season, this defense still isn't good enough. This scheme isn't good enough. And so if you're look like, yeah, this is fine. If like, ooh, we're just excited that we made it into the playoffs this year. They retain Joe Barry after this season. All of a sudden, this offense is taking that next step and is like that juggernaut. And this defense stays behind. And now all of a sudden, we're back in that same like Aaron Rodgers place that we were, right? Where, you know what I'm saying? No, I do. And it's like, and and you're exactly right, where you're making it to the playoffs and your defense can't sustain you against high-flying offenses. So that's my fear. Um, we shall see. We have and a long I- way to go. And we have a whole offseason to discuss that. But, like, that's just my thought process watching this game. Because, again, holding the Chiefs to 19 is – a huge, huge win. And I will never take that away from them. But again, I put this win and this game on big plays from our star players, from our playmakers, from our Rashawn Gary and from Preston Smith and from Devontae Wyatt and LVN and Keyshawn Nixon, who watched film and made plays. And again, like it probably looks different too when you get a Jair Alexander back and when you're getting Eric Stokes back. And it was great to see Darnell Savage back in in the game I just don't I still don't love the scheme and I still don't love the way it puts our players our star players in positions so we'll see the way the rest of the season goes but that's my take and I think the thing that's so concerning with the bend don't break style of defense because it's been Dom Capers it's been Mike Patton like this has been the bread and butter of Green Bay's defense for a very long time 
And when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, it masks a lot of deficiencies because the bend don't break defense really only works if you're putting up a significant amount of points. Because if you bend when you're Mm -hmm. playing with a lead, you can allow for some chunk plays and burning clock. And at that point, you're just trying to keep the offense on the field, make them work for it. Great. Like if you keep everything in front of you, it takes time off the clock, knowing that your offense can come back out and score points. Just because the Packers offense is getting to a place where they can put up over 25 points doesn't mean that that's what you want to then be relying on. And yes, we, you know, we said this Packers team held the Chiefs, held Patrick Mahomes to sub 20. That's a win 10 out of 10 times. Matt LaFleur even says if you can hold opposing offenses to 20, regardless of who they are, you expect to win those games because you expect your offense to be able to put up 21. That said, you just don't want to have to have your defense only capable of those big moments when they're playing from a lead. You know, the idea of complimentary football is that you're getting turnovers and you're giving the offense ample opportunities to put up points. And I'm just not sure. I think they're playing really well in all three phases. This is no argument. The best this team has looked all season. And I think that they, they could, you know, have some fun in the playoffs. I just don't think that this kind of defense is sustainable long-term when you're relying on an offense to be able to put up, you know, 28 points a game because you're going to give up 25. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, do we have long-term concerns about Jair? Because I'm, I'm a little confused now. It's been four weeks that he's been out. So why not IR is my question. And I, the thing that is concerning too is it's the cliche, right? You don't know anybody who had a bad back. He's now had a back injury. It sounded like against what was that? The chart. Well, it sounded like older now. But I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure his back's got to be part of that. But yeah, I mean, it sounded like he was ready to play against the Chargers, and they sat him, probably with the intent that he'd be ready to go in four extra days for the Lions against a, you know a divisional opponent. Then he misses that one, and you're like, okay, you've got now kind of like a mini buy to get ready for a primetime contest, and then he's inactive again. So, yeah, I mean, I think at this point it's fair to wonder, like, I think it's probably just like the Aaron Jones situation where he thinks he's going to be ready every week, and how do you IR someone who could theoretically play, Mm. but then, you know, you wake up and you tweak it, and it's like, okay, well... There it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if he tweaks it every day, every week in pregame warmups, doesn't matter how good he looked all week because he can't go out there and play as a DB with a shoulder and back injury. Yeah. You know, it is pretty amazing what the secondary has been doing without him. We'll say that you mentioned it earlier, but I will say like you get Carrington Valentine, a rookie seventh round pick. Corey Ballantyne, who, I mean, was he even a draft pick? He was drafted um, 2019, I think. Okay. Keyshawn Nixon, whom we love, but is not like a world beater at slot corner. Anthony Johnson Jr. at safety. Jonathan Owens at safety. Darnell Savage is back, which is lovely. Was a little surprised at how little Rudy Ford played, but that could be the maybe his injury had played a role in them easing him back. And they held the Chiefs playmakers. I mean, look, Travis Kelsey got his, but they held him to under 100 yards, which I think for Travis Kelsey is a win. Four catches, <laughs> 81 yards. 
Rishi Rice, again, like he's their young kind of ascending rookie receiver, 64 yards. MVS barely did anything. And, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco was their offense. They were able to get over 100 yards on the ground. So, once again, the Packers' run defense kind of rears its ugly head. But at the same time, it didn't really matter, (laughs) right? Because they never were able to really open up the playbook. The Chiefs weren't. And the Packers kind of handled business in coverage, the the Valentine thing, you know, it, it's really cool because he leads the team right now and passes defense. And I think if you go back and replay Pax, what she said from the trade deadline, we talk about like the absence of Russell Douglas and what that means and what that can even do for like the cohesion of a locker room. He was a leader. You know, we heard the next day that he and Aaron Jones cried together when he was getting traded. So like those things, you can tell that he was like one of the hearts of the defense and that can make or break a unit to lose a leader like that. Mm -hmm. And you've got Jair, the other leader in the room who's unable to play with injuries. And I had said on pack a day, and I'm not trying to like give myself flowers or anything here, but I, we all had to pick like a breakout player. And I said, I think it's going to be Carrington Valentine. And I said in spot duty because I, I put the asterisk and I said, if he has to play long term, that's a bad sign because then you're missing one of your starters. But We've seen a starter get traded. We've seen a starter get hurt. And now we have Carrington Valentine, who's playing like a long-term starter at corner, which is this. I mean, I think it was, I think Tyler Brooks. Somebody had tweeted out a list of all of the Packers 2023 draft picks and their current contributions through 13 weeks. And it is just such an impressive class. And it's early. Obviously, some of these guys can fall off, but it is a very positive showing for pretty much the entire class it's pretty hard to pinpoint someone and say that they're not actually making an impact yeah we're gonna get to brian in a second but yes um really quick before we talk about the playoffs anders carlson another rookie two for two made that 48er totally changed the game made it a two score game Basically, not put it out of reach, but made it a hell of a lot harder for the Chiefs to come back. A little bit of a comeback. Redemption. Small redemption game for Anders. Um, in the cold. In the snow. I did say on Pack-A-Day, my prediction was that this might be an Anders Carlson like walk-off win. You said that on Pack, so she said too. I did? Okay. I, I replicated. I try to be consistent <laughs> with all of my points scoring. Yes. Um, it wasn't a walk-off, but he did kind of – he was the dagger. He was the dagger. And, so I mean, off. he gave them comfort, right? Because if you're Patrick yeah. Mahomes and you are playing from a five-point deficit instead yeah. of, you know, like an eight-point. Oh, the yeah. Packers knowing, the Packers had stuffed a two-point conversion earlier. So mm-hmm. to, to have that in their back pocket, significant. Which, by the way, like, uh, again, to the defense's credit, like – huge swing in the game because you tie that up there and all of a sudden that game resets Mm -hmm. right but the Packers get to keep the lead yeah just domination from the Packers team 